Almighty Who can stop the Lord Almighty Who can stop the Lord Almighty Who can stop the Lord
amazing week we've had, and uh, you know, people wonder what's happening. We're all wondering, but I can tell you it's all wrapped up in one word, in one name. His name is Jesus. I think Jesus is really a little bit more ruling and reigning than what we give him credit for. His kingdom really is coming, and his kingdom has come. I remember that dream I had about his kingdom is coming, his kingdom is coming. I got up, they introduced me to preach one time and in this dream, and I was, that's all I had to say the whole day. The kingdom of God is coming. The kingdom of God is coming. I kept saying that over and over and over in a dream, boring dream. No, it wasn't. It was not a boring dream. It was an exciting dream. I just, that's, you know, I, didn't, I couldn't plan that dream. But when I asked the Lord, what does it mean? It, it means his kingdom is coming, and his kingdom has come. And the king is reigning and ruling. But you know, there's a whole lot going on. You know, there's something I forgot about that. When I read that scripture out of Jeremiah early, earlier, he said that, you know, he rules and he, he will not forsake his people, though the land is filled with sin. Yet God is with his people. He's, the great, he's a Lord of hosts. But you read the next verse in that, it says, and flee from Babylon. So I can tell you one thing the Lord is saying this hour is get out of Babylon and all that Babylon represents. Get it out of you and, um, and really let him be Lord of your life. This is a new day. It's a new beginning. And, and uh, we just have to get on board. Are you on board? You wouldn't be here. Boy, these guys, look at these guys, these intercessors. They're on board. And what an amazing worship time. Um, there'll be times we just won't be able to contain it. But it was kind of like that this morning. You couldn't contain it. You just got to let it out. And that's the way it's going to be. But uh, I want to thank you guys for praying, especially those of you that really took it serious over these last weeks, months. We had a prayer meeting last Monday night, and it was really powerful here. And, and I just want to say thank you for for praying. And uh, now the battles are not over. How I many of you know that? In fact, there's a whole bunch more. I, I was, you know, part of me was thinking, now, Lord, maybe we could just kind of retreat for a time and go, you know, but I'm telling you, it ain't going to happen that way. We just need more people joining the army, just more people interceding because you do need refreshed and you need to have that fire re rekindled. Now, understand, you know, we are not about who wins the election. Our hope is not in who wins the election. Our hope is in the one who, will, who has called forth an elect on the earth to represent him. You know who the elect are, don't you? Say, I'm one of them. It's the elect. And we could just take off in that this morning. You know the elect endure all things? They endure all things. They endure to the end, too. You're going to find not everybody's going to endure to the end. Things are going to get a little bit tough. But um, so be it. You're tougher. When they get tough, you just get tougher. Because what happens is you realize you don't have what it takes, and you realize you know who does. And you lean on him. You become dependent on him. Remember that old song, Learning to Lean? If you hadn't learned to lean yet, hang on to your seatbelt. You're going to learn to lean. And, and he's going to be more than faithful. He already is. That's why he's uh, showing himself strong. You know, one thing we did learn from this little season, and then I want to get into Scripture, because I believe God's Word answers every single question human beings will ever have. 
may not you know may not be specific about the the A's, B's, and C's, but but generally and and often very specific. But you know a lot of things we learn. God really is dividing the line. He's drawing the line in the sand. It's not us. It's the Lord doing that. He's dividing the sheep from the goat, the wheat from the tares, the righteous from the wicked, from the left from the right. That's what Jesus said. And all these things. And those who serve him from those who do not. And I I heard, was it Lance Wallnau said that one of the enemy's purposes was is to get America lined up to become a goat nation. Well, we have news for the goat. We are not going to follow the goat. We are not a goat nation. We're going to be a, a sheep nation. If we have to be a nation inside of a nation, we're going to follow. You know... Just remember also, you know, God has been lifting up the skirts, showing sin that, you know, things that we never even heard of being committed by leaders. Well, guess who's next? Guess who's coming? He's a consuming fire, but what else does fire do? It illuminates, it shows. You know, in the dark, it kind of makes things exposed. And so if he's coming as a fire... You know, we are going to get excited, but you also, you know, there's a certain amount of fear. You know, it's, it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of a living God. He's not a dead God, and he's going to show himself strong in America, and he is. I believe we're in the midst of a great awakening. Now, great awakenings are not going to come easy. You know, one thing that happened during this time, I think possibly we averted war with Russia. Very possibly. Because the tensions were mounting and there were things that were going to happen. Russia said, you do that, we're coming after you. And so anyway, we're not going to do that. But uh, how many of you know there are many more battles? There's battles over North Carolina. One thing I was really, you know, you may have heard of, really encouraged about is, did you hear there were at least a thousand tribes of Native American, you know, that showed up in Washington, D.C. to offer America forgiveness before America asked for forgiveness? Did you know that? Now, this is what's awesome. They already did that here. You see those two flags? When was it? A year and a half, two years ago. Some from Canada, the First Nations, came and they said, we want to offer you forgiveness before you even ask. So we put those flags up. And then they did it over our nation. I thought, boy, now this is pretty good. This is pretty good. We had leadership meetings. I'm, I'm going to try to get in that preaching mode, but I don't know what kind of mode I'm in today. I'm just, you know, I know some modes I hope I'm not in, but I won't go there. That's just a, a fleeting thought. Well, we had a leadership meeting this week, and Rick prophesied over the churches. I'm one of the pastors of, you know, these churches in Wilmington and, and uh, Fort Mill. And Rick often doesn't do that. I mean, I can count on one hand he's given me any word. But he said what he saw was we were in a big carnival. It was like a carnival atmosphere. And, you know, they had this game where they have a little pole, and you have to throw this ring over the pole. You ever, how many of you done that? You know, you have to throw it up high because there's just enough room. It's really hard to get that ring over that pole. He said, but instead of just a little ring, he saw the Lord had given us like a hula hoop. It was a big, 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 big ring. And we were throwing. I thought, well, you can't miss that. There's no way. You're not going to miss. So I'm telling you, we're not going to miss. You're not going to miss. If, 
If you're in tune to following the lamb wherever he goes, the lamb knows exactly where he's going. And you're going to be in the right place at the right time. But he said he saw a carnival at atmosphere. He said things would begin to erupt. There'd be so much going on, so much joy. And he said that you need the carnival atmosphere to keep people from becoming carnal. So I'm saying, Lord, let a carnival erupt and the joy of the Lord break out. I'd rather, I'd rather be joyful than moaning. You know, there's a lot of people moaning right now and crying. I've seen some things on TV. I couldn't believe I hadn't. Why are you crying? Man, it's a serious time, but our God rules. I got to tell you this. We were in Florida last week at some, we had to go, we're doing some training. It's a chaplain training thing. I, I'm doing it for right now, but I'm going to look for somebody to take my place in this. But it's a good thing. It's, it's a good thing. But we're down there, and so uh, we're praying with an intercessor from Michigan, and she's on fire. And her husband, they invited us to go to this. There's no beach in that part of Florida. There's a part of Florida where there's hardly any beaches. I didn't know that, but there's like a lagoon, and we went to this lagoon. Anyway, we were praying, and she's praying. Her name's Patty, and she's praying. She's involved with the Moravian Prayer Watch with a bunch of intercessors. She's like one of the, you know what she told me they're going to do? She said that come January, the whatever day, 21st, 22nd, they're going into the White House with some oil, and they're going to they're gonna go. And anyway, it's, anyway, I'm just, I'll let you fill in the gap on that. They're going to pray and drive out. Anyway, okay. So anyway, she's praying. And, and Patty's on fire, and I'm, I'm, we're all praying, you know, and it's really good. We're praying. And then this Patty just starts erupting. She says, oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Intercessors are weird people. I mean, you know, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. She was, you know. And an airplane flew right over our heads, a passenger, a small, you know, plane going. And we were looking at the sunset, and it was going right into the sun. And she looked at that as a sign. The prayers of the intercessors have hit the mark. And they've hit the target, and I'm telling you, they have. And I'm so thankful for our intercessors. But you may need a little, you know, refreshing, a new fresh fire. So if you are an intercessor, if that's your calling, and you've been interceding, I want you to stand. We're going to pray. Just, you know, take it. Not everybody has that calling. So only call, only stand if you have that calling. You've been fighting. Some people know, they don't know the degrees that you've been fighting. You know, it's a different world, isn't it? And you guys can just break out, man. You are loosed. You are loosed. We'd rather have a carnival today than wait next week. But we want you to be refreshed. We want you to be encouraged. I am so thankful. How many of you are thankful for the intercessors? You know, we really are. Thank you. Prayers have been answered. And so we want to honor them. We want to pray for protection. We don't want any backlash. How many people have been praying? How many churches? You know, it had to have been a God thing. When we were up here on our faces before the Lord over this last month, this had to be a God thing. You know, we would be content playing church just going on, but God is not going to, he's not going to let us go back. You know that. Nor can you go to sleep. If the church goes to sleep in this hour, I'm telling you, the Lord's not going to stand for it, not going to stand for it. He's not going to stand for it. He's not going to allow it. And uh, in any way, shape, or fashion, there'll be swift accountability. We do not, we don't have 9-11, we went back to sleep. 
We must not go back to sleep. We cannot go back to sleep. I'm telling you, it's a prophetic word. God said, I will not allow it in America. My church go to sleep. It will be their last time. They will sleep. And they won't awake, but we're going to awake. We're going to awake. Yeah. Amen. 11-9? Whoa. Whoa, that's really good. That's good. Thank you, Lord. Well, Lord, we pray for our intercessors. God, we bless them. We thank you for all of those that have given of themselves to answer the call to pray for our families, for our nation. Lord, for uh, all the things that are happening right now. God, praying for this great awakening. So, Lord, we just pray. First of all, we bind every demonic assault, any retaliation against all of those who are intercessors in our nation. We bind it. We, we put the blood of Jesus over them. We declare they are set apart. They're kept. They're hidden. They're still hidden, though they let their voice be heard. We declare they're hidden from the powers of the evil one. And, Lord, we ask you now to refresh them, rekindle the fire in them, rekindle, bless, pour out fresh fire over them. Lord, we, they can't go to sleep. They can't retreat. So we ask you fresh strategy, fresh anointing, fresh unction from heaven. We thank you for this ministry of intercession, O oh God. You are an awesome God. Thank you for what you're doing. Now, Lord, we call forth for a new army of intercessors, a new army, fresh intercession that would rise up in this hour because we know the battles are still raging. The enemy is not retreating. We got to press through. We cannot stop. We must believe. And so, Lord, we thank you for a new army of intercessors. Children, children, children. That's got to be a, no, that's real. Children. Father, we prophesy over our children. Rise up and pray. Because God will hear you like you never, I'm telling you. We got to be children too. So Lord, we ask for that childlikeness, humility. Lord, we, we're not boasting. We are, we are boasting in the glory and the grace of God. And we want to again acknowledge our hope is not in anyone who wins an election. Our hope is in the one who rules and reigns over all the affairs of men and who's reigning forever and ever and whose kingdom is coming and has come on the earth. That's who our hope is in. And so, and Lord, also the elect, we're the elect. You, many of us feel like, Lord, you sure you made the right choice? You sure you voted correctly when you voted for us? As the elect of God, yes, you did. Because you knew that we would trust you in this hour. You knew that we would not give up. We would endure until the very end. You said, those that endure to the end shall be saved. We thank you. That is our calling. It's our destiny. It is written in our DNA. We shall endure until the very end. And we will endure all things for the sake of the elect that are to come. We thank you for the harvest. It's harvest time. And we thank you. 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 Thank you. Yes. You have a word? Scripture? Um, this is for the intercessors. In Colossians um, 3.3 it says, For you are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. So you can speak out in Christ and you are hid in him. Amen. Well, God bless you guys. Well, you can be seated if you want.
But, but Lord, we ask for that carnival atmosphere. They already think we're crazy. It's no big deal. We don't mind. We have to be a peculiar people. We have to be. We have to be a house of prayer. Do you, you know what I'm talking about? We must, we must share our faith. We must love the unlovable. We must. It's not a, but it's not a must that you, you have to. It's not like you're mustering up. It's like it's a different season. And there's a new fire. There's a new anointing. You know, now, Joshua's a worshiper. He must worship. But there's a new fire. Can you believe if he gets more fire? More fire? More? Jenny's, Jenny's prophecy this morning. Let me tell you, it's just the beginning. It's just the beginning. Oh, man. You know, he, maybe I'll get here. But last, last Sunday, you know, they, what it is, they ended those meetings so they could, a lot of people could fly back. I came from all over the country, so we'd already had our reservation. We couldn't fly out till Monday, so Sunday we were free, and only one hour from Rodney Howard Brown's church, and we go there a whole bunch, and we love Rodney. And so I text him, "Are you going to be here?" He said, yeah, that was pretty cool. We had a great time being with Rodney. I always do. I, I asked him again to come. I said, "Look, Rodney, the Lord's coming back. You need to get here. You need to come to Raving Falls." I told him, Rodney, I know you are about these great awakenings. We are in the midst of one here. We have a big fire. And you come and it'll just add to the fire. So we'll just see. But I remember the, at a, another conference, the head of TCT Network, the CEO, whatever, he's a, he was at one of the meetings and he froze. He could not move. You ever seen this in South Africa? This guy could not move. He's 80-something years old. And he, you know, they had to almost wheel him in. He's real slow. So he... Standing, uh, standing was torture. He could not sit down. He could not move. Is that right? He just stood there. I never seen anything like that. He just frozen. They tried to get him seated, and he couldn't. He couldn't unfreeze his feet. And I was behind him. I thought, God, this is strange. This is what are you doing? What, I, I wasn't brought up in that kind of stuff. Maybe some of you have seen that. But I'm telling you, we need that freezeability anointing or something we need to be frozen in the will of God determined you cannot sit down in this hour you know what I mean we need that anointing to stand for truth and righteousness and be the people of God while we have day I want to show you a scripture because we prayed about it look over in Joshua chapter 10 you got to see this because I believe it's a it's a word for the hour and what the Lord has done and doing. Joshua chapter 10. Then I'm going to go to the book of Ephesians, just point out some things I think that relate to this hour and the time of things that God is saying. And I only can see just a little bit. How many of you know we only see through a glass dimly? You know, but all of us together, we, we see him. If we see him, that's enough. You know, he is the author and the finisher of our faith. He's the author and finisher of the faith of the church in this nation. And he remembers the prayer of the pilgrims and the, our forefathers. He's remembering those prayers. But look at this, Joshua chapter 10, and um, what, verse 6, the men of Gibeah, there's a great battle going on, great war and all this stuff happening. Verse 8, just like Jenny said, And the Lord said to Joshua, Do not fear. 
Don't fear all that stuff that's coming. I've delivered them into your hand. Not a man of them shall stand before you. And so the Lord routed. Again, there was a great victory. But they, they had to understand something about this victory. Look in verse, uh, oh, this is good, verse 11. There were more killed by the hailstorm, the hailstones, than by the children of Israel. In other words, God, there's a God factor in everything that's going on. I saw where Franklin Graham said what many people did not factor in was God. There's a God factor. You know, there's a God factor here. There is a God. Oh. But then, then Joshua, verse 12, spoke to the Lord in the day when the Lord delivered up the Amorites. And he said in the sight of Israel, Sun, stand still over Gibeon. And moon, there's a super moon tomorrow night, I heard. That'd be a great time to put this to practice. And moon in the valley of, it's already happening, Ajalon. So the sun stood still and the moon stopped till the people had revenge upon their enemies. Now when I read that, I felt like, God, I know you're a God of vengeance, but also you're a God of salvation. And so this is our hour to go after the harvest like never before. But I'm telling you, something's happened. There were things that were held back, pushed back, delayed so that we can be about doing the will of God. How many of you think that could be possibly true? I don't know if the sun, the sun didn't stand still. They'd have been telling us on the Weather Channel. They always tell us the truth on the Weather Channel. They tell us stuff we don't believe. But anyway, I don't even watch the Weather Channel. You don't have to anymore. You can go on your, you, everything's on your phone now. Who needs the Weather Channel? You got it right there. But anyway, God has given us a time in a moment, we must be about our Father's business. I'm prophesying to you. You must be about. I don't know. We have a calling as a church. America has a calling, you know, and ours is different from the government. We know that. But, uh, but individually, you must be about your Father's business. You do not have time to waste. It's really time and there, you know what else? There's no second string. There's no second-class citizens in what God's doing. When I played Little League football, I was one of the little guys, you know, and I remember it hurt, man. I was on the second string. And they put me in when we got way up or way down. I didn't like it. I told them, I can do as good as any of these big guys. And then I'd set out to try, you know, but in the first grade, they didn't believe me. You know, but later on, I'd, I got whoop those big guys. I'm telling you. I, but anyway, you're not in the second string. You are in the first string. There's no elite. There's no higher uppers. I'm telling you, you are in the first string. Just look at yourself. Say self. No, no, don't call yourself. It's more appropriate. Call you by your name. David, you know, you are in the first string. God's chosen you. You're the elect of God. And as been prophesied earlier, you are more than a conqueror through him who loved us. You gave his life for us. You know, we always triumph in Christ Jesus. Now, I know people are saying, what's going to happen? You know, hell is, hell is panicking right now. Hell is on an uproar. 
I've never seen anything like this. Have you anybody else seen anything like this? You have? I'm telling you. Hell is, the demons are like running around crazy. They've lost their mind. Good, it's about time. The problem is the demons inside the people have lost their mind. It, you know what I'm talking about. So we got to go after them. We got to cast them out is what we got to do. This is a great time for the deliverance ministry. It really is. That's one of the main things he came to do. He came to seek and save that which is lost. He also came to spoil and cast them out. Jesus cast out these demons. He didn't toy around. You cannot compromise with demons. Our, our leaders need to know that. You cannot work with demons. Can you imagine? Okay, you're sitting at a table with demons. Okay, let's all get along and figure out. You, it ain't going to happen. It's not going to happen. Just cast them out while you have opportunity. Anyway, I don't know. I'm probably getting somewhere. I don't know if I need to go, but, you know, they didn't ask us for any advice. All right, look at this. But we're going to give them plenty. And whether they listen, we're going to give. Here's what we're going to do. All right, here, I want to get to the word. I got about four or five points. You guys with me? It won't take too long. But look in Ephesians chapter 3. It's something I believe God is saying for this hour that we're living in. What are we to do? Uh, our destiny, our calling, doing the Father's business. And um, how are we going to do it? What is it? How do you define it? Well, um, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 8. To me, who am less than the least of all the saints. That's a good attitude to have in this hour. This grace, grace is given to those who are walking in humility, was given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. What does it mean, unsearchable? It means you can search and search and search and search, and you're never going to find it all out in this life. But you're going to enjoy the journey, and you will find things you never knew you would find. The unsearchable riches of Christ. And to make all see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the ages has been hidden in God who created all things through Jesus Christ. Now, verse 10, to the intent that now, say now, now the manifold wisdom of God or the many-sided wisdom, the greatness, the awesomeness of God might be made known by the church. Say me, by me, to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places or the rulers and the powers according to the eternal purpose which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness with an access with confidence. Listen, you should be so confident, not in yourself, but in your God. God has been showing himself strong, so you'll be confident through faith in him. Access, boldness, access, confidence through faith. Through faith, if you have, we often say this, but if you have the faith the size of a grain of mustard seed, you're dangerous. How many have at least that kind of faith? You do. We do. And you could do all kinds of damage. So, before Jesus died, he declared, what did he say? He said, it is finished. I have always believed. And I've said this. I don't know if I heard it somewhere back in the earlier days, but it's like written inside of me. Just as Jesus said, it is finished, there is going to come a day on the earth where the, you're going to hear a roar come out of the church that says, it is finished. 
We've done what we were sent to do. Jesus said, even as my Father has sent me, even so send I you. He's, he didn't send a bunch of wimps and a bunch of defeatists. He sent his kids, sons and daughters. All of creation is waiting for the revealing of the sons of God. And before it's over on the earth, the church, I don't know how big it's going to be, a remnant. I'm looking for a massive crowd. Massive. But there's going to be an it is finished by the church somehow. We're going to do what he sent us to do. And I've always believed that. And I don't know if anybody else, I don't care. I'm going to say it until they prove me wrong. And you're not going to prove me wrong because I believe it with all my heart. You know, there's a mystery. There's a mystery right now. You know what the mystery is. It's, mystery's defined right there in that verse. The mystery, which was from the beginning of the ages, has been hidden. And then it explains it to the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church. Known. So here's about five, four or five things that God put in my heart. Number one, it's time to walk in and with God's purpose, but not only his purpose, his eternal purposes. Something has happened in the spirit. I know we've been fulfilling our purpose. Churches have been fulfilling their purpose. You know, that, that's good and fine and dandy. But right now we're, we've entered into an eter a time of eternal purposes where the things we're doing are going to affect all of eternity. There's, you don't know. Well, here's one of them right here. An eternal purpose. I'm telling you, we're going to do this. I want to show you something. You, look in verse 11. It says, according to the eternal purpose which he accomplished in Christ Jesus. Did Jesus fulfill or accomplish his eternal purpose? Okay. Which he accomplished in whom we have boldness. But look what he said. Not only did he accomplish something, you and I are to accomplish something. And that's back in verse 10. To the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church to the powers and the principalities. I'm going to show you that, though. You've got to see this. I'll spend most of the time on this, and then I'll just breeze through the next couple things. But look in John chapter 12. I've got to get this out. Some of this I've touched on before, but it's really important, and I want to release it to you. Some of you are visiting, and you may not be back around. You're going to go full of the power and spirit. You've been called to set fires of revival in this nation. And when people come here, we want them leaving set ablaze like arrows. We want them shot out like arrows over those hills and over those mountains and through the woods. Where were we? No, no, we didn't think about something. I was thinking about we were somewhere where there was a yellow brick road. Oh, it was over yesterday, Friday. There wasn't a yellow brick road, but I said it should have been. We were over. In, where was that, Shirley? Old Salem in the Moravian village. Say, so what if this was a yellow brick road? Remember that? I'm telling you, we, we're all following a red brick road. That's, we're a red brick. It's blood stained by the blood. You're covered by the blood. The blood of Jesus never lost its power. You can stand on the blood. You're covered by the blood. You can have confidence now. You don't have to live in past defeats. Repent, get up, go on. The blood of Jesus is enough. He's a, I tell you, the blood is about to become real again to the church in America. But look in verse 27, John 12. But now my soul is troubled. If you watch CNN and NBC and CBS, you're going to be troubled. 
That's something else we learn. The media is a bunch of liars. I'm telling you, it's all propaganda. The dominant media, don't get your news from CNN, ABC, CBS. They are lying to you. How many of you know that's no revelation? You know, we've known that. But if anybody was still, it's somewhere in the dark. I'm telling you, that's their purpose. They, their father is the father of lies. So what do you think the kids are going to do? All right, let's go on. My soul is troubled, and whom shall I say, Father, save me from this hour? Save me? There are people right now in America, Lord, save us. God, save us from this hour. But for this purpose, I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Glor glorify. God's going to get a lot of glory when we walk in our purpose. Yeah, we, I, I got to tell you one more thing. The reason we were in Old Salem is because we went to Greensboro to be on this program on TCT Network. It's on DirecTV called Ask the Pastor. <laughs> it still cracks me up. I, I told Shirley, I could just imagine all those kids on the street in Oregon, they probably set their DVR or whatever, you know, to get back and watch the rerun of Ask the Pastor. You know, I mean, just, who's watching? Who's watching? I don't know. I was, but anyway, the last question on that program, we were about to run out of time, and they said, what does it mean, somebody from Michigan or somewhere, Detroit or some? what does it mean to give glory, for God to get glory? And one guy gave an answer, and I had like 10 seconds. I said, well, you, he gets glory. He's pleasure. I, I don't know, whatever came out, I don't know what came out of my mind. I can't remember, but this would have been good right here. You know, when you do the works of God, the Father gets glory. They see the Father. They see him when you fulfill your will, God's will in your life, when you walk it out. God gets glory. I should have thought about that. Verse 30, Jesus answered and said, This voice did not come because of me, but for your sake. Now, now this is great. Now, oh, help us, God. Help us get this revelation. Now is the judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world will be cast out. And if I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all peoples to myself. You got to get this. Another scripture that's coming alive, we'll talk about it later, but Daniel 7, 21, there's great war, there's stuff happening. It says now became the time for the, the ancient of days and the saints possessed the kingdom. There's something, and the word possess means to occupy. Be an occupancy. We'll finish that later, but there's something that's happened. Oh, I know what it was. It says there was a judgment made by the ancient of days. That's what it says. A judgment was made. Now, I, I saw that, and I said, now that judgment was on the cross, obviously. That is the greatest judgment. And also, I know there'll be a fulfillment, you know, all this stuff. He'll be thrown into the lake of fire. But I'm telling you, a judgment has been made that affects us right now. That's probably Calvary. That's probably the judgment. But it's time for the saints to possess the kingdom, to occupy, to do the will of God. Now, before we look over, turn over to John 16. i got to tell you a, a quick dream that I had. I, I've shared this before. But this was way back early in my ministry. and I don't know how old I was, but 
But in this dream, I'm sitting in a crowd, and this guy stands up, and he's the speaker for the morning, and he calls me out of the crowd in a dream. That's a really pretty cool dream. And so I, so I go up to the front, and I get on my knees, and he lays his hands on me and begins to pray in an unknown language. He was like, you know, I'd never heard. It was a heavenly language. And as in the dream, as I'm bowing and he's praying for me, my thought was, this is not the voice of man. This is not man. This is God. And it just it hit me. This God is praying over me. And, he, and one day I'm going to find out, what in the world were you saying? This prophetic, this tongues were speaking this heavenly language over my life. But then it ended, and he said, why haven't you entered the third phase. That's what he said. Now, this is a dream. So what do you mean, third phase? Third phase. What are you talking about? Third phase. All right, John chapter 16. You mean, can I show you? It's time to enter. Say now. I'm entering the third phase. Now, this is just, now some have already entered there, but the whole church, we're getting ready to go in. John chapter 16, look in verse 5. But now I go away to him who sent me, and none of you ask me, where are you going? But because I've said these things, sorrow has filled, you, filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. If I do not go away from the helper, the comforter, will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Now when he has come, he will convict the world of sin, say sin, of righteousness and of judgment. Here are the three phases. All right, number one, verse nine. Of sin, because they do not believe in me. Now that's salvation. You have to be convicted of your sin. You have to acknowledge and know, I have sinned against God. I have failed. And there's only one hope for me. The hope is what he did for me. The just for the unjust. He brought me to God as I went to him by faith in Calvary, right? So you had to go there. How many of you have been there? If you haven't, you need to go there today through salvation of sin because they do not believe. Believe also means to trust. You place your trust in Jesus Christ. And then he says, here's phase two, verse 10. Of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more. So think about it. After you got saved, then what happened to you? It's what happened to those prisoners down in Texas. The baptism, they got filled with the Holy Spirit. The baptism of the Spirit. They were falling out under the power of God. I bet that was incredible. Shalom. It was amazing. And think about your own testimony. You got saved, and then all of a sudden they started telling you, wait, there's something. That every, I mean, everything's in Jesus. It's all the cross. It's all through faith. But we didn't even know. I was a Baptist. I didn't even know there was a Holy Spirit. You know, then they started telling me. People started coming, prophesying to me before I even knew what it was. He said, you're going to want. He said, not many days from now, you're going to be filled with the whole, baptized in the Holy Spirit. I said, I rebuke that. I don't even know what you, what are you talking about. I got it all. I got it all. It's like D.L. Moody. You know, he's preaching really good messages and all. And these ladies were praying for him. They were interceding for him. And they got him after service one day. They said, D.L. Moody, there's something more you need. You need the Holy Spirit. And at first he was a little, what are you talking about? You know, what do you mean? I got, but he got the Holy Spirit. And everything changed. I'm telling you, everything changed. And everything changes. We got to have fresh, there's a fresh infilling of the Spirit that will be dished out to the saints of the Most High God today all across America. I'm telling you, that's going to be. All right, here's third, the third phase. 
of judgment, verse 11, of judgment. You, there's that word. You could stop right there and say judgment, judgment. I believe in all the judgments. How many of you believe? I believe the great white throne judgment. You know, the, you know we're all going to sit and before the judgment seat of Christ, every one of us. But this is not what that's talking about. Verse 11, of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. Say, is judge. He's not going to be. He is. He's been judged. And the church is about to grab hold of that and walk in the authority of that. Let me ask you, what's the Lord waiting on right now? Why are you waiting? Why don't you just come back? What's he waiting on? Anybody have an idea? Hebrews. What's that? Waiting on you? Yeah, well, that, that'll work too. Come on, Rodney, get it together, man. If you get it together, we could go. No. No, that's not it. Rocky. Maybe that was a prophetic word. You have that same anointing. Listen, Hebrews 10. He's waiting till he goes to the right hand of the Father. Now, he just said this. It's to your advantage that I go away. If I don't go away, if I go away, then I'll send the comforter, I'll send the helper. All right, Hebrews talks about how that after he offered one sacrifice for sins, he went to the right hand of the Father, right? Waiting, waiting, waiting for his enemies to become his footstool. Now, if you see the context of that, he's quoting out of Psalm that talks about his people volunteering in the day of his power. Oh, boy, I'm telling you, we're entering the third phase. The third phase is what? The church has all authority. Jesus said, I've behold, I've given you authority to tread upon all, all, all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means harm you. If you're doing the will of God, if you're following him, if you're taking up your cross, if you're following the lamb wherever he goes, I'm telling you, nothing shall overcome you. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. And America needs to hear it now. Much of the church, they're having a, another, I mean, it's like nothing's happened. They're having another Sunday of nothing. I'm telling you, God wants the church in America empowered. He wants us to enter in to the third phase because the battles have just begun. They're not over. From here on out, they're going to get more intense. I wish it was, I, you know, it'd be so good. God, please. Let it all, some people are saying it's all going to get rosy. Oh, no. No, it's not going to get rosy. I don't even, between now and January the 20th, if the church goes to sleep, but between now and January 20th, if the church arises and continues to pray and continues to walk in the authority that he's given us, I don't even know. Now, I'm not getting political. Listen, our hope is not in a man or a woman. Our hope is in the living God. And we're not going to back down from that. I know some people are so crushed. Get a life. Get, what do you mean crushed? You know how I felt eight years ago? Now, four years ago, I, I wasn't that crushed. I had a feeling it was, it was just going to be. God's shown me stuff, man, scares me to death if I think about what he showed me. So God, you, you got to have, you know, I know people are saying, what about the judgments? 
Hey, you read the Bible. God didn't let up. I mean, the wages of sin is death, period. God, I mean, the Bible's full of things that will happen if you reject him. But full of truth and promises if you accept him. And you love him and you walk with him. That's just the way it is. You've got to preach it all. The whole counsel of God's word. Some people preach only the good stuff. You've got to tell people the truth. The penalty for your sin is death. You will die if you do not repent. That's it, man. Listen, God loves you. But you've got to do it. Well, I'm going to just skip through the rest and we'll pick them up. But listen, here's where we've got to walk in this hour. You guys with me? You can read. How many of you will read Ephesians? Chapter 3, chapter 4, and chapter 5 this week. The second way in this hour, we got to walk in unity. A house divided will not stand. I, w- there will be no political solution. It ain't going to happen. You're not going to get all oh, just get along. It's not going to happen. you got to be in agreement. Well, we have a group of people in America now we can be in agreement with. I saw Franklin saying it's time to come together. If the church does not come together in America in this hour, I'm telling you there will be a big price to pay. We must be one. You can read it in Ephesians. There's one God, one faith, one Lord, one baptism. There's only one. He's not two. There's not two. We've got to be in union. Now, listen, I know everybody's not into it, but let's do our part. Let's do everything we can to promote the unity of the faith. doesn't mean compromise. If, if they don't believe in Jesus and the shed blood and his resurrection, I'm not going to compromise. Not at all. But I, listen, if you want to sprinkle somebody, it's fine. Sprinkle them. I'm going to duck them. We're going to duck thousands of them. I just, I'm just telling you, it's not. there's some things not worth quarreling about. We, we've got to be one church would it be. I, can you imagine? Can you imagine the way we prayed for the, these last days, the things to happen around the election, if we prayed for the loss with that same passion? We do that on Thursday nights. We do that. But, um, so that just means it's going to happen. Okay, walk in unity. Say unity. And then the next thing is walk in maturity. Now, you can read this. Maybe we'll go back and look at it. But it's all in Ephesians. This is chapter 4, verse 7 through verse 15. Walk in maturity. It's time, listen, to grow up. We got to grow up. I'm not being mean about this. You just, it's time, man, we just got to grow up. There's some things that have, you know, got us down in the past Forget it. Just forget it. we got to grow up in Christ. Till we all come to the unity of the faith, to the perfect knowledge of the Son of Man, the full statue of the knowledge of Christ. We need everybody. Listen, Dylan, you're going to raise up. I know the youth group is growing. by It's wonderful. But I'm telling you, they're going to grow up in Christ Jesus. They're going to be solid in their faith. They're going to be men and women of character, men and women of substance, Men and women of of conviction. We need young people quickly to get conviction. They will not compromise. We don't have time to compromise anymore. And then we're going to walk as a new man. That's uh, uh, verses 17 through verse 24. He became sin who knew no sin, that we might become the righteousness of God. And then in verse 24, it talks about true righteousness and holiness. Listen, the character, walking in God's character is not a choice. 
It's not a choice. It is, it is, well, it is a choice, but it's a mandate for us. I got a letter, and it came by um, FedEx. It's pretty cool. A lady, if a lady from somewhere, where was she from? Somewhere. But she was an army veteran. Anyway, she wanted me to know what God had been showing her. She said, I just want you to know. And so I, I, wanted, I read it. And I'm still mulling over a whole bunch of it. But she said, you know what happened? The world rubbed off on the church. It should have never been that way. The church should have rubbed off on the world. Boy, I said, you, that's exactly right. I'm telling you, we got to look like Christ. I'm not saying look like church. You don't want to look like church. You don't want to smell. There's a smell about church. You ever, you don't, anybody of you know what I'm talking about? I'm telling you, I can go someplace and you smell it. It just smells. Just smells. How many of you honestly know what I'm talking about? It's just you, you smell it. And probably at times people smell it, you know. I mean, none of us are perfect. I mean, we probably lean back. I don't know. We just got to keep stirring each other on. But that stinks. It stinks, especially in his nostrils. But we got to smell like Christ. We got to. If you're holding on to things, there was a scripture. I, I, I'm just, I don't remember where it is, but it talks about when you, when you see something that doesn't look like him, you just need to get rid of it because it's not him. We'll get into detail later, but I'm telling you, you're waiting for God to tell you what's wrong and what to get out of your life. He's waiting on you. Just get rid of it. Repent means repent. You say, God, if this is not your will, take it from me. You wouldn't be praying that if you didn't think it was his will. That... So just believe. Walk away from it. How many of you know what I'm talking about? God, if this is not you, take it from me. And he never takes it from you. So next year, God, I ask you last year, obviously you don't mind. He does mind. You walk away from it. The blood of Jesus. Let those who name the name of Christ depart from iniquity. Sin has no dominion over you. You're free. You've been set free. That ought to, you ought to shout in that today. You've been set free. Sin has no dominion. Shall we continue in sin that we can just say, well, I'm under grace? No, may it never be. May it never be. Don't pervert the grace of God. God's going to deal with the perverters of grace swiftly. He's a just God. He wants his people prepared. He wants us ready for his son more than we want to be ready. Hey, Mark, you're going to have a wedding. How did you convince Amy? How did you do that? What's the secret? How did you do that? No, we're so excited. We're so glad. It's amazing. Yes, give him a hand. Yes. But I'm just telling you, God wants his bride ready. He, want, he told me that one time way back. When I was praying for you, for a wife, I didn't know you, but I was praying. I was off in the woods praying, God, give me a wife. Give me a wife. What are you doing? God, I need a wife. Lord, you said it's not good that man should be alone. I'm standing in these woods all alone. These trees won't talk to me. I remember I was really getting with it. And then the Lord interrupted my little party. And he said, he, oh, this is what I heard him. He said, as much as you want to be with your wife, 
It doesn't even compare with how much I want to be with mine. And I said, God, I'm going to spend my life getting your bride ready for you. I'll trust you to bring mine. And he did. I'm telling you, it's time. Well, another thing. Verse 25 through verse 32, I think we're still over in chapter 4. It's, we got to walk in a way so as not to grieve the Spirit. You know how you grieve the Spirit? Let all bitterness, unforgiveness, anger, wrath, malice, all these things that happen right in, in, right in here cease. That's how you grieve the Holy Spirit. You start criticizing, you start judging, you start talking about people. God ain't going to stand for it in his house. I'm telling you. Man, let's just get rid of it. Everybody vote that we, we silence the tongue from all this stuff. Let's just say amen. amen. All right, let's just silence. That's it. Tongue, you're not going to rule over me. I know you're an unruly member. That's what the Bible said. You set on fire this great forest. Well, you ain't setting my forest on fire anymore. My, my forest is going to be set on fire by the fire of the Holy God, the Holy Spirit. Because there ain't going to be two fires in your forest, one or the other. The one started by your tongue or the one started by the Holy Spirit. Now, you, does that make sense? I'm preaching to everybody, myself, people watching by web stream. You guys watching, you need to pay attention there. Because you're talking about people in your neighborhood. You're talking about your pastor. Well, he ain't going to get you anywhere except grieving the Holy Spirit. I remember when I was a little kid, we'd go home and, no, we'd go to dinner. We'd go to lunch, and we had the pastor for the lunch. Now, he's not in person. We just had him for lunch. We had fried pastor, stewed pastor, roasted pastor, <laughs> cut up pastor. I remember that kind of stuff going on as a kid. I thought, he must be a rotten guy. That guy's... Must be the worst person on earth. Anyway, I'm not even going there. I'm not talking anything. I'm just saying we can't grieve the spirit. I'm talking about whatever. Let's just stop. God, put a lock on our tongues. Speak evil about no one. Speak the things of edification. Man, I don't want to grieve. Lord, forgive us for grieving the spirit. And then walk in love. Chapter 5, verse 1 through 2, it says, Love as he loved you, basically, as he loved us and gave himself for us. Man, we got to love God, love our neighbor, love the lost, love one another, love what God loves and hate what God hates. I mean, that is in the Scripture. And then we got to walk in the light. Chapter 5, verse 8 through 11, finding out what is acceptable and then uh, walking in that. Be sons of light. Over in John chapter 12, we read that scripture, and it talks about becoming, not only believing in him, but becoming sons of light. It is time in America that we not just say we believe in Jesus, but we become the sons of light. Sons of the living God. I'm telling you, they're arising all over. Businesses, God's going to give, it's like a new beginning, a new start, new vision. Sons of light. To penetrate the darkness. Overcome. The devil thought he had he thought he had us and if we go to sleep he still might but he we're not going to sleep we are an awakened church of the living god we're sons of light and then walk in wisdom and it goes into all detail this would have taken me forever to go through all this but how do you walk in wisdom you say when you read it you'll see you redeem the time 
Take advantage of the time that you have. Night is coming when no man will work. I don't know when that night will be. For you, it might be this week. And so take advantage of the opportunity. And every day, live for him. And then understand that the days are evil. You don't have to go much far from that. But seek to be continually filled with the Spirit. You know, and then speak to one another in fellowship. Be in submission one to another. And on and on and on and on and on and on and on. Did any of that make sense? You'll probably say, boy, I'm glad you didn't go through all that point by point. The point is this. He's ruling and reigning. He's called you to be his elect. He elected the, we already told our folks earlier, this election has been rigged. Heaven's election has been rigged. We win. We win. He's elected. We always triumph in Christ Jesus. Greater, far greater, unbelievably that you can imagine how greater is he that's in us. And he that lives in this world. So it's time to be the church. Now there's still some big, I see a big question mark. Because I'm saying, okay, God, what's going to happen this week and next week and next week? All I can tell you is whatever the question mark, there's a God over it. Keep your eyes on him. He's the author and the finisher. He's working and he's not going to quit. You know how some folks go AWOL and, you know, they give up, quit. That's not our God. He's not your God. Even when we're faithless, he remains faithful. What kind of God is that? He's an amazing God. And I just want to pray there was the anointing to enter into the third phase. Some of you think, well, I, you know, I leave battling demons to other people. No, 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 no. Listen, no, no, no. You're in a war. You better show up for it. But guess what? The battles are his. He's the victor. He's the Lord of hosts of heaven's armies. Are you ready? So can we kick that off? Can I, can I pray that in you guys? Enter the third phase. You've been saved. Now, first of all, if you've not been saved, that's phase one. Trust in Jesus today. Surrender your heart to him. You may not have another opportunity to ever hear the gospel or to know the conviction of the Holy Spirit. God will not strive with you forever. There'll come a time you'll not recognize the conviction. And so yield to him. If you confess your sin, he's faithful and just. He will forgive you. You can turn to him and trust in him. Confess him as Lord. Believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You will be saved. Confess with your mouth. And then others, you need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. If you've never been baptized in the Spirit, you're about to get it. If you want it. Although it's not an it. I never like people calling him an it. He is God. The Holy Spirit is God. He's God. Can I slip in one more thing real quick? It just kind of came back to my memoirs there, you know. But I remember, who was it? They said the sin of the Old Testament was the rejection of God the Father. The sin of the New Testament was the rejection of Jesus the Son. He said the sin of today is the rejection of God the Holy Spirit. 
And the ones rejecting the Holy Spirit today are the ones who rejected Jesus and who rejected God in his day. I've never forgotten that. I don't know if it's a blanket statement, but it could be. Because the Holy Spirit is God. He's not some different. He's God. He's holy. That's why the church has to walk in holiness. He's holy. He's the Holy Spirit. He's the Holy Spirit. Does that make sense? Holy. So we need the baptism of the Spirit, and then we need people to, to just get kicked off into that third phase. And you say, what does that mean? i got to go be a warrior. And Let me tell you, the warrior will rise up in you. The warrior will rise. Do you know that God is a man of war? He's a man of war. Yes, he's a God of peace and love, but he's a man of war. And he's warring in this hour. Righteousness, truth, and justice are the foundation of his throne. And we're the army of the living God. I know we got to end here. Some of you are maybe wanting it to end, but I, I want to get everything we got because it's not going to be another Sunday like this. Never in the history, go ahead, never in the history of our nation has there been a day like today. Never. Some will go back to bed. I know it's just going to be. I, I know. We'll do our best to rattle them. You know, I don't know. I guess they get to go to heaven. I mean, I know they do because they put their trust in Jesus. But others will, I don't know, they'll join them. They'll just say, well, you can't whoop them. Let's join them. We're definitely not going there. Who else? Where else can we go? Who alone? Who other? Who has the words of life? I'm not going. I'm not going. I will not compromise. You got to have that in your spirit. It's that yellow red brick road or that man we saw at TCT. You got to be stuck standing. I will not retreat. I will not move off of what I know in whom I have believed and I am persuaded that he is able to keep what I've committed unto him against that day. And I will not retreat. I believe he's the God that saves. I believe he's a God that heals. Even if I don't see what I think I ought to see, I believe what he said. I believe I'm solid. I'm not going to back down. And then just be the people of God. 